Hello all, welcome back to another midweek message. I hope you're doing well. May God bless you. As part of this week's prayer outlook, I would like to encourage you to pray for God to open your eyes to what He is trying to do within you, around you, and or with others. We sometimes are so focused on so many different things that we lose sight of what is truly important. And every day that goes by, they can be a collection of lost opportunities. Time is just speeding by, and things are also. Missing opportunities because we are just so focused on what wherever we're focused. We don't realize just how valuable time is. So having said that, let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you, Lord. Heavenly Father, give you thanks for your goodness and your mercy, O Lord. Thank you, O Lord, for the different opportunities that you give us each and every day to be able to see you, to experience you, and to be able to experience the different blessings you might have for our lives. Heavenly Father, if we're not attentive to you the way that we should be, if we're not focused the way that we need to be, if we're consumed by the world around us and our own little world, help us, O Lord, to wake up and to come to understand that you need to be at the center before it's too late. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may help us to understand your word and that your Holy Spirit may just put it in us somehow, Lord God. Help us, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, there is quite some reading involved with today's message, so I would encourage you to be patient and follow along if you can. As part of today's message, we're going to be talking about lost opportunities, or probably a little more precisely, missing what matters. Our reading is found in Luke chapter 30, I'm sorry, 24, verse 13 to 32. Again, our reading is in Luke chapter 24, verse 13 to 32. And this is what it says. Now behold, two of them, talking about some disciples, were traveling that same day to a village called Emos, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus drew near and went with them. In other words, Jesus was right next to them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Clopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, speaking of Jesus, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. 
Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while we talked with us on the road, while he opened the scriptures to us? Those of us that are familiar with this story might say, How did Cleopas and his friend miss recognizing the Lord himself walking right next to him? How could they have been so blind? And of course, seeing things from our perspective by reading them out of a book, it's quite easy to point the finger and to be all judgmental about the issue. But in all reality, the problem they had is a problem that existed since the beginning, and it exists today. Let's dive down a little bit into what actually happened. So, the things they were talking about were regarding what had happened to Jesus. They were talking about the crucifixion. Their master, because they were both disciples from what we can read, was publicly judged, humiliated, tortured, beaten, and killed in the most inhumane kind of way. The crucifixion was truly an incredibly painful and lengthy process. Now, as they were having this conversation, Jesus came alongside them and started talking to them. They didn't realize that it was him. After they went through the whole explanation, Jesus rebuked them for not believing what was written, and yet they still didn't recognize him. And after rebuking them, he spent quite some time and effort explaining everything that needed to happen, cruising them from various scripture passages and still no recognition. They then sat down to eat and they still could not make the connection. But finally, when he took the bread and prayed and broke it and gave it to them, only then, all of a sudden, did they finally understand who he really was. But at that point, it was too late. How could this be possible? I mean, how could you miss it so much? Well, the answer is rather simple, but it is an answer with some parts to it. The first part of the answer is that there was an issue with unbelief. They had heard the report that Jesus was raised from the dead, but it didn't quite register for some reason. It seems like they just couldn't believe it. Lack of faith or disbelief is really common today as well. God cannot do enough for some people. Similar to Thomas, that if they don't experience God how they think he should be experienced, then he just cannot be real. And this unbelief opens up a bigger issue, an incredible form of arrogance and pride. Some may think, how does God dare not show himself in a way that is pleasing and plausible for me to believe? It's almost like if God is supposed to satisfy our every whim. Many people want for God to be like a genie of some sort. Ultimately, they want things their way, including for the creator of heaven and earth to cater to their disbelief the way they see fit. God in this case is treated as a mere servant. Together with disbelief and arrogance is the issue of not seeing Jesus Christ for who he really was or is. They mentioned him as a prophet. Jesus was not a prophet. He was and is God. Treating him like a prophet was an insult because that's just not who he was. Some might think that saying that he was a prophet is not really lowering him because it's a respectable position. But the issue with that is that he is God. He is the Lord Almighty. 
and he experienced what he did, not because he was less of a God, but rather it was the only way we could have salvation. It was part of the plan which was written in prophecies hundreds of years before he came to this earth. And regarding prophecies, Bible scholars tell us that nearly 300 references to 61 specific prophecies of the Messiah were fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Lee Strober, who was the writer of The Case for Faith, said that one mathematician's estimate of those impossible odds was one chance in a trillion, 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 and keep going. And the final issue was that they were focused on other things. The one thing that opened their eyes was when Jesus broke the bread and gave it to them. Out of all things, Jesus was only perceived when the bread was broken. It wasn't Jesus being next to them. It wasn't Jesus talking to them. It wasn't Jesus rebuking them. It wasn't Jesus explaining the scriptures in detail to them. It wasn't even Jesus sitting at the table that got their attention. The one thing that made them wake up was the breaking of the bread. How could this be? Well, their attention was somewhere else while they followed him. Even though they were disciples. Even though they were concerned with what had happened to them. Within their hearts, they were probably overtaken by other thoughts, other ideas, other goals and concerns. The Bible explains this in John chapter 1. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Speaking of Jesus. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own, speaking of Israel, did not receive him. And this happens today. God is all around us, trying to get our attention in so many different ways, but many people are just not paying attention. Jesus is the light. Jesus made the world. Jesus died for the world. Yet our focus is still on other things. But like everything, there are consequences. If people choose to continue missing Jesus so much, then at some point, the opportunities will end. For it is written, Now as he drew near, speaking about Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. So, the Bible urges us to look for the Lord while there's still time. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 6 to 9 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Putting God in the forefront of things does not mean that you forget about everything else. Everything else has its place and its importance, but we cannot allow ourselves to be consumed by them. The Bible explains this to us. 
All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. It's okay to think and worry about people and certain things, but through it all, we need to stay focused on Christ. Christ needs to be the center of attention. Everything in our lives should revolve around Christ and not the other way around. Many people look to God so that they can get the things they want and that they need. And that is just trying to use God, trying to turn Him into a servant. And of course, He is not our servant. His time for suffering and dying for us is long gone. He is back at His rightful place, sitting at the right hand of the throne of God the Father. God wants to help you with your needs, but don't turn your needs into a God, and God into a being that is there to please you. So stay focused on Christ, keeping Him at the center of your life. Because if you don't, you will miss Him. And if you will miss out on everything He has for you. You could live a life full of missed opportunities if you don't set your eyes on the Lord. God may have surrounded you by incredible things and opportunities, but you won't even realize they are there. And when you do finally come to realize it, and you have done what you've done with the Lord, it may be too late. And your time is up. Both the presence of God and His blessings may vanish in an instant when you least expect it. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise You and I worship You, O Lord. Lord, help us to, help us to keep things straight. Help us, O Lord, not to be blinded by our desires and our sin and just so many things, Lord God. Because we're so easily distracted. That Heavenly Father, that, that because of all these things, you are standing right next to us and we might miss it. We might just completely miss it. And not only that, we will miss the things that you put like in front of our face. We will miss those things also, Lord God, if we don't stay focused on you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you may help us to have soft hearts that you may be able to do away with our pride, with our arrogance, that you may be able, O oh Lord, to help us understand just who you are and that we need to seek after you and look for you, Lord God, and just make you real in our lives, Heavenly Father. Lord God, help us, O oh Lord, because we need you. Lord God, we are nothing without you. Help us to always understand. And Lord God, above everything, help us to grow in love to you because that's only fair because you loved us when we did, didn't deserve to be loved. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, may God bless you all. Take care.